This is from verse 11 of Luke chapter 15. Yeah. Uh, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here am I, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because, it is, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Jesus was meeting with tax collectors and uh, it says tax collectors and sinners. There were people who society had rejected. But Jesus met with them. There were people who had not got it all together. There were people who had made their mistakes and uh, gone astray in some way. And he was meeting with them. And the scribes and the Pharisees recognizing that Jesus was a holy man, recognizing that he was a rabbi, thinking probably he's similar to us, but they never met with publicans and sinners. They never ate and drank with those kind of people, and they were criticizing Jesus for doing that. They said, we don't mix with these kind of people. They're not our type. We are above them. These are losers. These are people who, well, the tax collectors, they collect taxes for the Romans. We don't, we don't mix with them. And these others, these we, we call sinners. We don't mix with them either. <clears throat> but he, 
He eats and drinks with them. <clears throat> Praise God, Jesus is available to all of us. Those of us who've missed the road, made some wrong choices, made some bad decisions in our time, Jesus is meeting with us. And so the Lord told these three beautiful stories that are recorded here in Luke 15. And they were all things that were lost and restored. There was the lost sheep, the lost silver, and the lost son. The lost sheep was just one of a hundred. You might know it. The, 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 the shepherd, he had a hundred sheep, but he lost one. Now, this sheep was lost because it just wandered away. Didn't intend to get lost, but it just wandered away, left the other, others in the flock, and suddenly found himself all alone. But the shepherd went looking for that one sheep. And I suppose someone might say, look, it's a dark night, it's raining, and you've got 99 others. Why bother for one? But you know, people matter to God. You might just be one of a hundred, one of a thousand, one of a million, but you and I matter to God. The, the lost silver was probably a coin that was uh, draped around the neck or at a wedding uh, for the bride. And one was lost through someone's carelessness. How many people have been lost through other people's carelessness? <clears throat> I heard Rob Parsons say many years ago when, when uh, he was speaking in, in town at Mutley Baptist, actually, he said there are some people who, who have become prodigals that, that were never should have been. Said, and he cited a couple in their church. They were, they were going out together and they'd taken the relationship. Before they were married, they had this baby, right? She was pregnant before. And, and, and the church really castigated them and, uh, and treated them rather insensitively and badly. They left the church and said, Rob Parsons, 30 years on, they're still together. They have a lovely family, but they've never been back to church. Some people are lost in the house who should never have been lost in the house. And then we come to this story. A certain man, I remember it in the authorized version, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. He was tired of living at home. He wanted to get out on his own. He wanted to be independent uh, of his father. He was tired of the farm. He was tired of the family. And he was tired of his father. And he said to his dad, Dad, when you die, I'm going to get some money. Uh, 
but can I have it now before you, before you die? Now, it was the custom in those days that the older son would have two-thirds of the estate and the younger son would have one-third of the estate. In the book of Deuteronomy, uh, way back there in chapter 21 of Deuteronomy, it says this, when a man divides his inheritance, he may not give the larger inheritance to his younger son, the son of the wife he loves, as if he were the firstborn. He must recognize the rights of his eldest son, the son of the wife he does not love. It's talking about a man who has two wives here. Uh, by, by giving him a double portion. He, he is the first son of his father's virility and the rights of the firstborn belong to him. So the older son would get two-thirds of the inheritance and the younger son would get one-third. And the, the younger son said, I want my share now. <clears throat> I want to get away. <laughs> I want to get away from the work I've been doing. I want to get away from the farm we live in. I want to get away from the family. I want to get away from the father. I want to get away from all the restrictions of family life. I want freedom. <clears throat> so his father wonderfully gave him his request, probably knowing that he would waste it. So here, dad gives him his possessions, and he travels into a far country, far away from home, far away from his dad, far away from everything that was familiar to him. And there he wasted his possessions. The, pro the word prodigal means a waster. He wasted his possessions with prostitutes and wild living and drunken parties and all this kind of thing. But eventually the money ran out. <clears throat> and there was a famine in the land. And he, his friends had disappeared. While he was paying for the rounds of drink, he had many friends. But when the money ran out, he had no friends. <laughs> he had no one. And uh, there was a famine in the land, and the, the, he, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the swine, to feed pigs. Now, for a, 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 a Jewish boy to feed pigs <laughs> was the lowest of the law. He had gotten right down to the bottom rung and beyond. He was at the very lowest ebb. And he watched these pigs eating the pots. <coughs> now, I had an uncle that kept pigs. And uh, from time to time, I, I, as a boy, I used to have to um, stay up with the pigs at night. We weren't sleeping with them. We were on a, a, a bench at the side because the, the, big, the, the sow would sometimes roll over on the little pigs and you've got to watch them. <clears throat> but I used to watch these pigs eating. He, he used to bring things uh, in and it was all, all the food, it was terrible. It was all rotten stuff. But these pigs loved it. They could gorge on anything. And, uh, and here's this boy now. He's so hungry. He would, he would just fancy what the pigs were eating. 
and nobody gave him anything. And then the Bible says, when he came to himself, he came to himself <clears throat> to change. People need to hurt enough to change. Um, a few months ago, we had a couple here, Eddie and Louise, and we'd known them for many, many years. And uh, I first got to know them when we were up in, in the north and in, in the Midlands, rather, in Beeston. And she came along to church, gave her life to the Lord, but he wouldn't. <clears throat> he was an absolute terror. He was, when he was drunk, he was violent. My wife, Jean, was terrified of him. <laughs> he, he would frighten you to death. And, uh, and, and, she, and, and he would come home sometimes and smash the place up, and maybe two and three in the morning, and he would, he would, he, he would demand his dinner, and he led her a dog's life. She was, and then she came to live with us for a bit, with her two kids, and uh, it, it, it was a terrible situation. He... Anyhow, anyway, one day, lo and behold, he turns up at church, came to church, Eddie did, and it was, uh, it was a, a meeting. When you leaded a meeting, sometimes you can sense things, and I, I sensed there was a darkness over the congregation, so I said, it's not kosher to do this, apparently, I said to everybody, Come on, those who speak in other tongues, let's praise the Lord. And those who speak in English, praise God in English. <laughs> and, and, and there was a great uh, uh, atmosphere of praise and, and victory. And Eddie said afterwards, he said, he said, I felt something from my tummy come up to my uh, neck. He said, and I thought I was going to choke. He said, and then I felt it, a tingling in my, my uh, face and something left me. And uh, it was a demonic thing. Now, for three weeks, he was a transformed person. <laughs> he was. I said to him, Eddie, all you've got to do is call out to God. He was a trans. Then he got a job away from home. He got back in the drinking crowd, back away. And he was worse afterwards than he was before, like Jesus said in the Bible. <clears throat> the story goes, when we, we had already come down here, he and Louise were divorced for a long time because she couldn't live like that. <clears throat> so he'd been fighting the night before and uh, they put him in the cells and he sat down, he said, he'd remembered what I told him and he said, as he sat in the prison cell, I don't want to live like this any longer. And he prayed to God. He said something like, if you get me out of this, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll walk with you. He said, and I knew that moment that God had heard me. <laughs> and he was wonderfully converted on his own in the prison cell, and he became a, a, a Christian. Well, they, they got remarried eventually, and when they were with us, they celebrated, I think, 20 years of remarriage. <laughs> he came to himself. He said, I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want to be like this. And he thought, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I, as a son, I perish with hunger. 
He said, I'll arise and I'll go to my father. I'll say to him, Dad, he said, I'll say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I'm not worthy to be called your son. I brought disgrace to our family. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Would you make me as one of your hired servants? And then the Bible says, and he arose. You know, the, the longest journey begins with a single step. And you might feel that you're miles away tonight. You might feel that you're far off from God. But the longest journey begins with a single step. And when he said one step ahead, he was on his way home. I don't know how many miles he had to travel, but he traveled, footsore and weary. And as he's getting somewhere near home, his dad, maybe looking from the top of his house, looking down the road that the sun had gone maybe years before, looking to see if something, if he would ever come home, saw a figure in the distance, just a bundle of rags and no shoes, walking strangely. And as he got a little nearer, he recognized, this is my son that has left. The Bible says the father ran, ran to meet him. Now, it was undignified. Older people did not run. It was not dignified. But how many of you know God is not dignified? He ran to meet this boy. Ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And then the son started with his rehearsed speech. He said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee I'm no longer worthy to be called thy son. And the father cut him off midstream, said to the, to the servants, servant, <clears throat> bring out the best robe. Now, I wonder what the best robe was. I think it was probably the robe that the father himself had worn. He had the best robe. And how many of you know when we return to God, he gives us a robe of righteousness. He takes away our filthy garments of self-righteousness and he gives us a robe of his righteousness that we are dressed in the righteousness of Christ. Hallelujah. <clears throat> With a fair exchange, gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And uh, he, he dresses him in a robe of righteousness and then he he said to the servant, bring, bring, bring a ring, put it on his hand. It's, it's a ring of sonship. It's a, it's, a, it's a ring of a family member. You're in the family. And put shoes on his feet. And uh, uh, servants didn't have shoes. But this man, he said, put some sandals on him and uh, kill the fatted calf and let's celebrate. Hallelujah. <laughs> Heaven, any excuse for a celebration. When people return to God, the Bible says the angels of heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents. And it must have been a party. They lit all the, all the lamps in the old farmhouse. They got in the best musicians. And uh, the, I don't know whether they had a bit of wine or not, but they, 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 they had music and dancing. <clears throat> Praise God. We, we were, we were, I was never brought up to do any dancing. I, I'm not a dancer. Uh, when we have a, a go-a song here, I'm a, a weight shifter. 
<laughs> but <laughs> that's as near as I get, I think, <laughs> to dancing. <clears throat> and uh, I was brought up that the dancing was rather worldly, you know. <laughs> but it, in, in, in the Christian life, there's, there's the joy of dancing. The joy of... I sometimes dance when I'm on my own. My wife says, I've got two left feet, so I don't dance with her. But I dance on my own sometimes. And... Uh, <clears throat> For joy, dancing for joy. <laughs> my my uh, middle daughter, I, when I was away some years ago, um, I, I think it was out in America, I was, and they were waiting for me at the airport, uh, Jean and the two kiddies, and, uh, and Esther particularly leapt in the air. <laughs> Just the joy, the joy of seeing uh, her dad again. Well, this old, this old fella who had probably watched that road for years, eventually now his son that had left has now come home and he's dancing for joy and all the servants are dancing, all the family are dancing. The place is alive with joy. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful in church? <clears throat> uh, the place, if you can't be happy here, I don't know where on earth you can be happy. In the presence of God, the Bible says, is fullness of joy, and at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> my uncle tells a story of uh, some people that were uh, coming to take a service in his church, and he, he was a little eccentric himself, <clears throat> my uncle, and uh, and these people who we had invited were rather eccentric. They came from Bolton, actually, uh, Jeff. <coughs> I, think, I think they're all a little bit like that over there. <coughs> and, and so uh, they had all arrived before the service, and uh, so they thought, well, we're here. We'll, they'll start singing and dancing. And this little lady, I remember her. I, uh, she was a dancer. And then one of his more sedate members came opened the door and coming down the aisle brandishing a tambourine was this little lady dancing away and my uncle said well she was coming to divine service but heaven is a place of joy and enjoyment and laughter hallelujah and this was the, this young man had come home and he was restored now the eldest son. He'd never gone away. He'd never gone with the prostitutes like this other guy. He'd never wasted the money. All his life he'd been to his way of thinking. He was faithful. <clears throat> All his life he'd lived by rules. He thought that doing the right thing would earn his father's favor is sad, self-righteous. It was all that he had done. He was just a dogged worker. He did not seem to have a relationship with his father. Though he'd lived in the same house all of his life, he somehow didn't know the heart of his dad. He didn't know the compassion. He didn't know the forgiveness. He didn't know the heart of his father. And he was a bitter person. 
And no doubt, because he comes out with it later on, he said, this, <clears throat> he said, these many years do I serve you. I've never transgressed your commandment. I've always obeyed everything uh, to the meticulous nth degree. I've always done my best. I've served. I've done everything. But you never gave me a kid, uh, a goat that I could make merry with my friends. I never had a party for me. Well, he probably could have had, but he was just a bitter, self-righteous person. And, and, and he said to his dad, he said, as soon as this, your son has come home, you've killed for him the fatted calf. The father said, the father came out to, to meet this older son. The father's always coming out. He went down the road to meet his younger son. He comes out of the house to meet the son that's so critical, so self-righteous, so indignant that, that a party's going on for someone that's returned and is repenting. And the father comes out and he tries to talk him round. The son is so overwhelmed with inner criticism and turmoil and self-righteous rules that he doesn't understand the compassion and love of his father. This judgmental attitude of the older son, the elder brother. <clears throat> He's sad. <clears throat> the Bible tells us that it is by grace that we have been saved through faith, and that's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. He was living in the same house, but he didn't know his father. And so he was a kind of prodigal too. He just didn't know the heart of his father. <clears throat> David, King, King David in the Old Testament, <clears throat> he had a son that um, murdered one of his brothers. Absalom had uh, his brother Amnon killed. And then he fled to a place called Gera. And he was there for a while in Gera. <clears throat> and then he wanted to come home. And he sent a message by, via one of David's uh, officers, a man called Joab. He said, can I come home? And King David said, he can come home but he mustn't see my face. He can come and live back in Jerusalem where I live, but he can't see my face. I don't want to see him. This is partial forgiveness. Now, David himself had not learned forgiveness that way. David had known total forgiveness. Here, David is dishing out partial forgiveness. And this elder brother here, he has a bitter heart. He does not want to forgive. This boy has squandered the money. He's been in bad company. He's made a, the, the family name mud wherever he'd been. And he's a, a, his growth is stinted. He's like a shriveled inside 
shriveled inside of himself. He's not understood the free forgiveness of his father. And I sometimes think, you know, in, in Christian circles, we can get a little judgmental sometimes. You know, we should treat people who, who have repented and who have been restored and whom the Father has received, we too should receive them. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> now, I don't know whether he ever went back in the house. I don't know whether... He listened to his dad and said, come in and join the party. I somehow don't think he ever did. I think he just stayed out in the cold, nursing his hurts, nursing his wounds, nursing the feeling that he had been somehow maligned and not treated fairly <clears throat> in a bitter and unforgiving way. God wants to do something in all of us. God comes out even to the elder brother and says, come on, this brother of yours, these people that you don't like, you know, remember the Pharisees, they said, we don't, we don't bother with people that are tax collectors and sinners. <coughs> we don't eat with them people. We don't associate with those people. And the Lord is saying, they're your brothers and sisters, and you should, and we should receive them. Amen. Praise God. I think we've just about finished now, where the Father comes out, and it might be in church tonight um, that uh, some have, have made some bad choices, you've wandered away, and and. In your heart, you may still be in church, but in your heart, you're a long way away. The Father is waiting for you to come back. Isn't it wonderful that God's arms are still open to us? There's a verse in Hosea, I should have read it earlier. Take with you words, said the prophet, and turn to the Lord, say unto him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. Take with you words. Come back to God in your heart. Say, just apologize. Lord, I'm sorry. I want to come right back into the family of God. Or maybe it might be that some have harbored a, a secret disagreement with God. You don't feel you're getting your fair share. Well, God wants to give you everything he has. Everything. He says to his older son, didn't he? All that I have is yours. You know, the younger son, he's had his, he's had his um, um, part of the inheritance. But all that I have is yours. Everything is yours. All heaven is yours. If you want it. If you... If you Get rid of that critical, judgmental spirit and receive your brother as you ought to do. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's pray together <clears throat> and uh, 
we were talking earlier, weren't we, of, of, I think Jeff mentioned it, of asking the Lord just to speak to us. It's a familiar story that we've been looking at tonight. The prodigal who went away, but a kind of prodigal who stayed home. And it might be that you've, you think, I've never done anything wrong and all, and, and all of this, and, and I don't seem to get the blessings that I, I, I think I should have or deserve. God wants to give you all of heaven. Praise God. I'm going to ask Andy and the band if they would, wouldn't come back and just play that song again that we had earlier about in, in royal robes I don't deserve, I live to serve your majesty. And if you would like prayer tonight, maybe you're coming to God for the first time or you're coming back to God or you need prayer for something else. If you need anything, I believe the Lord's heart is open. The arms of heaven are open for you. He eats and drinks with people like you and me. He keeps company with people like you and me. And he wants to receive us. So don't be afraid. You'd come to a loving heavenly father that wants to give you, that wants to welcome you. Maybe you feel you've just grown a little cold in your heart and, and, uh, and your spirit. You feel a little bit of a distance from God. Well, you can come back tonight and the Lord can really minister to you. We'll pray over you in Jesus' name that the joy of the Lord will be your strength too. Praise God.